Welcome back to Ope, I'm a Pastor Now, where the podcast where we talk about serving a big God in small places. Thanks, Mike. We're so glad to be here today. I'm Joey. Like I said, here with my friend Mike, we are both pastors in rural towns in north central Minnesota. We believe that Jesus rescued us and God created the church to help us love God and love our neighbor. So we take really seriously the command to watch over the flock for which God has made us overseers, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So we're going to try to have some fun today uh, and dig a little bit deeper into some of the challenges, the joys of serving in the rural church. So that's what we're here for. How are you doing today, Mike? I am uh, I'm doing good. I'm, good. I'm excited. This is a topic. So we're going to be talking about metrics today, which is, is something that I... Yeah, it's been certainly a journey, and I think something that you, Joey, have really helped me to to think through more more appropriately and and just helpfully. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to sit across and stare at your face, so that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> so we are talking metrics today, and what, what do we mean by that? We mean metrics that we use in ministry uh, to define or to measure success. And so sometimes this can be really hard question to answer like how do we define or measure that success uh there's so many different things we could use so many different things that uh various churches or pastors use and a lot of times the only ones we ever hear about are the ones you know pastors from really large churches and so that's another reason we started doing this podcast we want to have a conversation uh that really talks about in a rural setting how do we answer some of these questions that you know when you go to a conference or wherever you're just hearing how the big churches do it and i think the metrics maybe. In some ways, they're the same, but in some ways, they're really different in a church of 100 than a church of, you know, 5,000. And culturally, then also, you know, how do we how do we measure and then what is measured and how do we communicate that? Because I think sometimes people, um, you know, you start looking into, well, let's measure certain things. And even for folks in rural communities, sometimes that, that more uh, kind of quantitative analysis can be kind of off-putting. Um, despite the fact that most of us do it in some way or another. That's such a great point. Cause if you don't talk about it, everyone's still doing it, but if it's not talked about, you know, from up front or in some way to communicate to everyone, then, you know, everyone does their own version of whatever metric they think is appropriate. And we're not all measuring the same way. So then someone in your church will go, Oh, we're doing really well. And someone else, Oh, we're really far behind. And they're just using different metrics. <laughs> so it's almost like we should, as pastors, maybe agree and come up with some some metrics that we can all measure together mm, and maybe we can come together. up with that here mm, yeah <laughs> all right yeah so what are some of the common ones that, that you've seen yeah so yeah first we just want to address what are the ones out there that we've come across and we've seen and, and these are not we're not picking on them some are good some are bad it just depends on you know your situation but uh you know for sure butts and seats right nickels and noses i mean I don't know how many times I meet a new pastor and they're like something like, well, what are you running over there? You know, how's it going? What, what's your numbers? Yeah. And it's give like, me, give me demographics. You know, whenever that's the first question, I'm like, Hey, nice to meet you. I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving along here. No offense, <laughs> but uh, not my first question. First thing I want to know here, yeah. but still an important number, an important thing. We shouldn't have no idea what's going on with, with butts and seats. And there is, you know, and, I, you know, we've we've talked about the article that uh, you know has been floating around for a number of years. You know, the Tim Keller article on church size dynamics, and certainly the way that you pastor a church of forty people in the middle of uh, you know of a rural area 
is going to be different than how you pastor a church of 40 people in an urban area and how you pastor a church of 50 people in a neighboring town or 150 people in a neighboring town is going to be different. And so it's certainly an important question to wrestle with. But like you say, not generally the thing you want to lead with and nor is it the thing that's the most important. Right, right. And the other big one is, uh, you know, money in the plate or money in the bank. Do you even use plates still? We have baskets. Oh, there yeah. you go. That's yeah. the hipster version of the pass in the plate. I we just found them in the garage. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're they're not. Yeah, they're just baskets. Okay, maybe I don't know. Is that a hipster thing? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, we had been using plates, and COVID took care of that for us. So, yeah, we have we have baskets in the back. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, the other one that's really common is growth, and this one really just comes down to what do you mean by that? You know. Uh, sometimes that's growth in numbers or growth in money or spiritual growth. There's all kinds of ways to measure growth, but generally speaking, I think, you know, when we're talking metrics, if growth isn't a part of the conversation in some way, it probably should be. We're supposed to grow. Mm, There's a few passages that, that talk about growth. There's some parable of seeds and birds and I don't know. Is that what that parable means though? Oh boy. The sarcasm is uh, as thick as the syrup in January around here. Oh, let's continue on. So we actually have some metrics that we found to be really helpful uh, as we've, you know, been ministering and leading in our context and just had conversation about this and learning and growing. And so we want to just start with that and talk about what are some of the things that have helped us not only, you know, in knowing are we leading well as pastors, but more importantly, just as a church, what are we casting as vision? What are we telling our, our elders, our overseers, our volunteers, everyone in the church? Uh, this is what we're going after. This is the center of our target. So, Mike, you want to kind of start with, uh, you know, you you really, before we get on here, we we're just talking about um, how does, you know, when we talk about metrics for success, what does this mean even for us personally? Yeah, I think the the big thing for pastors, and I know this is an ongoing battle, um, but toward what are our affections? And I think it can be so easy to get caught up in because metrics. I mean, what's the phrase? You know, what you what gets what what gets measured matters, and so certainly there's there's you know, metrics and measurables are very helpful things, but at the end of the day, is your soul intact? You know, are are you a? Do you remember the fact that you're you're first and foremost a son, you're a daughter of God, and uh, you know I just think about Moses and Exodus 18, and he's doing all the things and all the different, you know, solving all the big problems, all the little problems, and his father-in-law comes in and it's like, dude, this is not helpful at all. You got to quit it. You got to elevate and delegate and. and then he, I, I was just looking at it recently. And then he goes on vacation for like three months. They go back, I think they go back to Midian or something like that. I can't remember. Um, and then it's after that point that he goes when he meets with the Lord face to face. And in Exodus 19, the Lord says, you know, he calls him my treasured possession. And so I love that. Like Moses finally got, clears the decks. And it's at that point that the Lord is able to communicate to him. Like you are my treasured possession. And it's the only time that that gets used throughout scripture. I think second Peter quotes it, but it's this wedding term. And it's, you know, so, it's, and, and, and then after that, then in Exodus 20, then we get the 10 commandments. So it isn't, you are my, you know, it isn't, it's, it's, you're my treasure possession. Therefore do these things, not do these things so that you will become my treasured possession. 
And so I think so often we, we use our, you know, our work, you know, and this can happen whether you're a pastor or not, but especially for pastors, it's so tempting to, to use ministry success or failure as the metric or you know, how the Lord views you. And that is not true. And, you know, just to, to, so I think it's so important for us as pastors to remember that the Lord looks at us and says, you are my treasured possession. Um, and if Moses isn't good enough, uh, you know, you just think about the life of Jesus, right? And, you know, at the baptism, you know, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's how Jesus starts his ministries. He starts with this great commissioning from the father and, 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 and then it's upholding that connection throughout the ministry and just looking at the, the constant rhythm that when stuff gets, you know, gets hairy and gets sideways, you know, he removes himself to a desolate place to, to pray. And, and so, yeah, like as leaders, as shepherds, and we've got to stay connected to the father. Um, and so first and foremost, that's, that's the biggest thing. What is the state of your soul? Are you connected to the Lord? Is your soul intact? It's almost like you've been studying Hebrews lately. If Moses isn't good yeah. enough, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> caught me. You caught me. No, absolutely. I mean, we've seen, you know, in the last couple of years especially, there's been a significant increase in pastors who are leaving the ministry, uh, not just pastors, you know, vocational ministry leaders who are stepping away. And some of it's burnout, some of it's politics, some of it's COVID, whatever, you know, you want to attach to it. But at its core, all of it really does come down to, are we understanding ourselves as this treasured possession? And you can understand that and still step out of ministry. But I think when we have a really healthy relationship with our identity in Christ and knowing who we are and knowing what he thinks of us, that is the only way we can really be equipped to serve and to go and to do uh, where God is pointing and what God is asking of us. Because without that, we can easily lose our way. And then that's how you end up with certain metrics that just don't make any sense or are not reflective of scripture. When we lose our way in our identity in Christ, then we start measuring things that just don't matter. Yeah. We, I mean, so it's yeah, starting with that, you know, if receiving the affection of the father and, and having our affection for him grow and, and then helping others do that. And I think that's when we disciple from that standpoint, from that, you know, not coming at it from, Oh, we just need to you know go through the numbers, get through the punch list. But even as thinking in Acts when Peter and, and John are arrested and they, you know, they, they release them and they go, quit talking about, about Jesus. And they're like, we're just going to talk about what we've seen and heard. And, and when the affection of the Father is what you've seen and heard and experienced, you know, I mean, that's when, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's my favorite, you know, like, then all of a sudden discipleship becomes very easy because you're just like, oh, I'm just going to tell you about like what God has done in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not going to have to dig. You're not going to have to go, all right, what's the right thing to say? Yeah, when you speak from experience. And, I mean, that's probably one of the more convincing ways to to communicate, you know, to talk to people about Jesus. When you're speaking from experience, what God has done in your life, instead of just sort of this, you know, theoretical, like, well, I you know. this in a book and here's an ism or an ology. You exactly. should study it and memorize it and memorize more scripture and then, you know, everything will be fine. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, we're going to talk in a future episode about elders and overseers. And, you know, one of the, that's why at our church, one of the things that we find is really important is if you're going to be an elder and overseer, you have to be actively involved in serving in the ministry. Because if you're going to be shepherding, if you're going to be leading, if you're going to be pointing others to Jesus, you have to be hands and feet a part of it. 
Yeah, let's talk more about because I think that's you know those that's one of those metrics that we we can sometimes miss. Um, why don't you talk a little bit more about how you how you walk your people through that, how you help people to understand, you know, how to measure discipleship essentially? Yeah, yeah. So really, you know, our first thing here we're talking about this idea of just understanding who we are, identity in Christ. But yeah, the second metric is discipleship, and really. You know, this is really the first and foremost of the metrics. Uh, we just want to start with knowing who we are in light of Christ. But the Bible is so clear that we we exist to make disciples. This is how this is what God made us for. This is you know when we become a part of His family and we're living in His kingdom, He calls us uh, to be a part of that discipleship process. And that means like where we started, we're growing, we're we're falling more and more in love with Christ uh, and becoming like Him. But also just as importantly. We are helping others to begin that relationship and that spiritual journey. So as a pastor, you didn't, like when you became a pastor, you didn't, that, that wasn't full maturity. You've continued to grow as a pastor. <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't even keep a straight face because <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so far to go <laughs> so far. Grace is such a good thing. I, uh, I've been reading this winter, a book uh, called Gentle and Lonely. And it really lonely or lowly, lowly. Yes. Not lonely. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Gentle and lowly. And it's really about what is the heart of Christ and re-familiarizing yourself with the heart of Christ. And there's so many moments in there where I'm like, oh yeah, of course, this is very clearly the heart of Christ and who he is desiring for us to be and remaking us into. Uh, and I needed those reminders cause I stray away and it's easy to just forget, uh, who Christ is and, and where he's, he's pointing me and leading me. So absolutely. So good. Um, but yeah, when we talk about discipleship, you know, it's important to communicate this well to the church. Cause like we mentioned before, if, if we don't cast vision, if we don't communicate, if you don't talk about something, people come up with their own idea of it, their own assumptions, their own expectations. So we want to be on the same page. And at least at our church, one of the things that we found really helpful is uh, using this idea of engagement. So when we talk about our mission, you know, our, our vision statement at our church is, you know, we exist to make disciples who love God, grow spiritually and serve others. But really that important part there is we exist to make disciples. So how do we do that? What we've communicated is we want, you know, those who are a part of our church who've, who've come to, whether it's just their attendant on Sunday or whatever level they think they're a part of our church, um, we want to encourage engagement and we've sort of defined engagement as either being in some kind of small group or Bible study or uh, serving or volunteering in some way. Now, if you're doing both, great. But if you're doing one of those things, we feel like you are a part of the mission of the church. And so that's just one way for us to have a metric. So we've started to keep track of, you know, who's in which small group Bible study and who's volunteering over here. And we look at, you know, the whole list of of who we know is connected to our church. And if someone's not engaged as overseers, we want to come alongside and, and shepherd them and say, hey, we feel like this is really important for us as we look at scripture. How can we be a part of the mission that Christ has given the church and the mission that he's given our church here, our local church, uh, is to be engaged in these ways. And so we feel like that's a way we can shepherd and make clear our metrics. Yeah, it sounds too, I mean, it's kind of that that old bonded versus center set of, you know, not just who's in and who's out, but what's the trajectory? And I just love, and I think our metric, like when we have some of those metrics, that can help us to have that conversation, not to determine, you know, our metrics never determine something, but it it just gives us that, that conversation piece to just say, hey, I've noticed that you've, you're here and, and we're moving, you know, this direction. Do you want to come with us? 
And, you know, I, I, it's always been interesting, I think, in those discussions where you, you discover, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's a character thing, but so often it's a competency thing where they just go, I just didn't know how to plug in. And, uh, you know, it's, and we can, we can try all we want to try to make it as clear as possible. But, you know, as the old phrase goes, clarity rarely carries the day. And, uh, um, but yeah, I think that's, and so in those ways, that's when those metrics can be helpful just to have a very objective conversation and, and move, you know, cause it's all about what's the trajectory is somebody heading toward Jesus. Great. How can we clear the path to make sure that that's as, as simple as possible? And it's so hard to measure. You know, when we talk about this piece of spiritual growth or this trajectory, you know, I love that image of the bonded and centered set. You know, the bonded set is really, if you're not familiar with this language, it's are you in or are you out? It's a framework for understanding, you know, what qualifies me to be in versus what qualifies me to be out and and going around and identifying that versus a centered set where it's, you know, what are you moving towards? And we feel like, you know, we've talked about that exact, uh, you know, imagery in our church of we want to be moving towards Christ. And this is how we feel that we can do that. And we want to encourage people to, and make it clear to them. That's our part as overseers, as shepherds in the church is to say, this is how we feel uh, we can all be moving towards Christ. And, but that's hard to measure. I mean, you know, say small groups are tools, Bible studies are tools, serving, being on a team. Those are all things that can help us um, to be a part of the mission of the church, to help us move towards Christ. Um, but how have you gone about actually knowing, you know, say you have Bob over here and he's in your small group, um, but how do you know if he's actually moving towards Jesus? Because you can show up to small group and not be making progress. You're telling me that I can just attend church for a long time and not become mature? At some church? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. You know, it, that's where, that's why we use the language of engagement because there's this thing of it's not passive, it's active to engage. But even when you are engaging, if you're intentionally showing up, if you're being in that small group, how, how, do you, how do you look at that? How do you measure that? Are you asking me? I am. It's not rhetorical. Yeah, shoot. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. This is a yeah. space where it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. We're, we want to have this conversation with all of you that are listening and, and do this together. We don't always know the answer. Yeah. Well, I, I think it is, it, it's one of those, I, and I, I hate to sound so vague and ambivalent um, on such an important issue, but I, I really do think that's the pleasure that we have as pastors to engage in conversations with people and help them tease it out. And there are certainly those moments where uh, we need to be bonded, right? Like there are certain lines that need to be drawn in the sand where you go, yeah, if, if, you know, if you do this, you're out. Um, it doesn't mean you're out forever, uh, but yeah, like there's, there's definitely, you know, that, that can bring clarity, but yeah. What do you say to the person who's, who's been in your group for an extended period of time? Um, but I think that's, you know, it, it's difficult. And I think that's where the metrics help raise the question, but don't necessarily provide the answer. And so the answer more comes in the conversation, having those moments to just say, Hey, here's some opportunities. This is what we recognize. And it can be an opportunity to affirm gifts in people and to just say we've you know we see or we believe that you have these capacities, um, you know, do you want to engage in that? Do you want to you know, step into this? And sometimes you find out, oh, I'm actually doing. You know, you find out that they're they're serving some tremendous way that you just didn't know about. It was like, oh, let, let let's just yeah, you keep doing you, buddy. And then sometimes you find out other things, and how those are always just wild growth opportunities. I think for us in answering that question, because it is a hard question to answer. You know, how do you measure this growth? 
Uh, two things that have been helpful for us is one, know the sheep. It can be easy to just point people to how do they become a part of the, the process. You know, if you're going to be really sort of crude about it, the machine, you know, if we totally and just think, well, if you get in there, it's going to magically help you to grow. But we know that God and the Holy Spirit, these are these are the things that help us to truly grow. It's no, it's no program. It's no process. Um, but if we know the sheep, we can know if they're growing. And that doesn't mean, you know, pastor, sometimes we, we hear that and we think, all right, I have to know, like really know every sheep. And no, I don't think so. It depends on, you know, if you got a church of 20, sure. Uh, but you know, when you have a church of 6 million, like Moses, yes. Turns out you can't know them all. And it's bad if you do. The sheep need to be known. They don't all need to be known by you. And so that's an important part of just the culture of the church. Is it set up in such a way that like every sheep can be known and be cared for and have someone who cares about their spiritual growth and is looking out for that? And sometimes that comes in the form of small group leaders. Sometimes it can be the leader of the, you know, if you have like a hospitality team or a women's ministry or whatever it is, and the leaders of those groups, if they have in mind that I'm a shepherd here in this role and I care about the spiritual journey and the spiritual condition of those that are helping me lead or volunteering or attending, that's an important culture piece in the church to keep in mind. So the first thing is just, is there a culture in your church where it's important for the sheep to be known? Yeah. Uh, do, do you, how do you feel like you guys do that? So I think for us, it's, you know, we do groups and, um, and then, and we're also looking at different, yeah, look kind of going through the, you know, so our, we have, we have a small enough number of people that we can go through and, you know, each elder kind of knows the person's name and, and everybody gets prayed for every week. And so we're able to kind of ask that question of, okay, is this person engaged or not? And there's some really good, there's actually like a couple of tools out there that you can kind of look and say, okay, where is this person in their process? And one of the things that we've, you know, some of the questions that we've been using too lately, in addition to those engagements, but then one way to kind of guide that conversation I've found um, is, you know, are they, you know, when we talk about discipleship, are you discipling other people? Um, and then you know, what's, what's your prayer life like? What's scripture reading like? And, and some people, and I get that that can be for some folks that can carry with it a, a great deal of baggage. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to, we've got a few folks that we've had to work through that with of just, you know, you gotta be careful about what, what you're saying, but you know, I've, I'm always amazed. I look through church history and, and you just see the simplicity. And I don't I think you and I've joked about this of, you know, even going, okay, how do you train leaders? What do you do? And you look throughout church history, it's like, well, you get, you get, get a bunch of them in the room together, pray, and then read the scriptures and pray more. And by golly, if the Holy Spirit doesn't just absolutely transform our lives, yeah. Through the yeah. ministry of the word and prayer uh -huh. and uh, time and patience and the Holy Spirit. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the first thing is, you know, know the sheep. The second thing that I found helpful is testimony. And this, this can come in a lot of different forms. Some of it is you sit down and you have coffee and you're just asking, how's your, how's your life going? How's your spiritual journey going? Um, you can sort of find out through that. But also, you know, when people have opportunities, whether it's to share in front of a small group or, or at a smaller event, a men's or women's event, or in front of the whole church, whatever that looks like. But when you really hear someone's testimony of what Jesus is doing in their life, you learn a lot about where they're at. I mean, I know if if I was sharing my testimony at 17 years old versus today, you'd hear 
very different things uh, come from me and, and how God has worked in my life. And you'd be able to discern and hear my level of maturity and growth and, and clearly see, I think, from when I was 17 to now, it's it's a different place I'm at in my journey. So when we are regularly having opportunity for that that testimony of some kind, that sharing, uh, we get to hear the hearts of people and, and kind of know how God is working in them. And it's not a perfect science, but it is a way, I think, to have, uh, you know, sort of a benchmark or a point where we can look and say, hey, we see what Jesus is doing in their life and where they're at right now and what's important to them. And I think it's always a, always a good reminder, too, of whenever I hear people's testimony, I go, oh, yeah, I've, I have changed. I look yeah, back oh, absolutely. Go, Man, 17-year-old me, that was kind of a mess. <laughs> yep, we're not even going to go down that, that yeah. story, but yeah. absolutely. And, and yeah, testimony is so great. It's so encouraging to the body. Uh, so as many chances we can to have it, I think, is just a blessing uh, the last thing we want to talk about just in metrics, and this one, you know, we both agreed it's, it's kind of less important, but it's not something that should be ignored or, or left behind. And that is just perception in the community. You know, when, if the, you know, pick your name of the church and throw it out into your community. And what does the community think about that? How do they react when they hear it? Some of them might just be like, uh, what church? I didn't, I didn't know. That went a lot. <laughs> didn't know that one was there. Yep. Where's that? Yeah, is that over by the, you know, you go take a left at the barn and a right at the at the old McDonald's? <laughs> it was like ours is kitty corner from a bar and around the corner from a, a lumber yard. So can that usually covers a pretty wide swath of people. Like it's by that bar and that place where you get lumber. Oh yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yep. So if you're not known, that's one thing is are we really going out? and engaging in our community and inviting people to know who Jesus is. If we're not known at all, we maybe want to ask that question. We probably should step up our ability to be out and reaching into the community. Um, But also there can be negative connotations. Maybe your church is known as unfriendly or, or maybe stuck in the past or whatever negative thing. So I think it's helpful once in a while to get a sense, talk to people, you know, our, are you as a pastor or your elders uh, speaking with people in the community who don't go to our church? Just, you know, you'll get an idea pretty quick <laughs> of what they think when you when you bring it up. Um, or is your church really known, you know, for, for really loving and caring for the community, being there for them? You know, we're not trying to win a prize or be on a pedestal here, but how we're known does tell us something about who we are and how we're doing and accomplishing uh, this mission of making disciples. Totally. So yeah, it's, I mean, so that kind of to summarize and to, to wrap us up at this point, uh, just the two main things, I mean, establish metrics that are based on biblical values, you know, measure the things that are important, measure the things that, um, you know, that are, are going to help people to understand and see the pathway to growth. And, and most importantly, what you measure is, is, is your soul intact? Um, you know, we, we start this journey with the end in mind. So, um, you know, especially as pastors, man, I just don't get caught up and, and overly bogged down in, in what the latest and greatest survey or podcast or whatever, uh, you just heard is telling you that you should measure and, and find out what's important. But, but just to remember that the Lord has called you as treasured possession, um, and that, that it's his affection for you that, that that's what matters. So just want to end our time with, uh, with reading of John 17. We'll start in verse 22, uh, go through 24. Um, and so this is, this is Jesus conversing with the Father in a prayer for the disciples and just exhibits what we're being invited into. Um, 
that, that we're being invited into this triune unity. And I don't think that regardless of however many times you've read it, even if you just listen to that right before you listen to this podcast, I don't think we, we can tire from hearing the words that the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that may, may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Well, let's just close in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you that you have given us a new identity in your son, in Jesus Christ, that we don't have to wonder who we are or or how much we're valued, but we know that we can look uh, to Jesus. We can look to your word to see that we are treasured possessions, that you love us so deeply and so dearly that you came down to this earth. You humbled yourself um, to live this incredible life that ended in this ultimate sacrifice so that we can find that identity as your treasured possession. And Father, we pray that as we just struggle through uh, what it is that, you know, we're going to run after, what's going to be the center of the target, our mission of the church, that we would receive that mission from you, that we would collectively, uh, not as churches so much, but in our local church, that we would have unity in what it is that you have given us to run after, and that would just be so clearly given to us by you um, and centered around making disciples. And Father, we just thank you. Uh, for your goodness, for your love, and your grace. And we pray that as we try to answer these hard questions of of what is it that we're going after, that that you would give us clarity, you would give us passion enough um, to ask, what are these metrics that we measure it by? Um, God, we just give you praise. Uh, We love you. Thank you. This is another episode of Ope, I'm a Pastor Now, where Mike and Joey talk about serving a big God in small places. If this has been helpful to you, or if you have questions or a prayer request, feel free to email them at opeimapastor at gmail.com. That's O-P-E-I-M-A-P-A-S-T-O-R at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow them on the socials, feel free to do so at Instagram at opeimapastor. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Shepherd well.